about snacks, but I, <laughs> I forgot that one person isn't going to be here to try That's one of these snacks. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> That's all hey, good. Hey, Dewey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should have grabbed a drink for myself. Oh, you didn't? I just, ha I just had a ginger ale. Okay. That's I'm good. Keep, yeah, that, I'm good. keep that spirit. Remember for when sure. we used to say all the drinks we had? Remember that, remember that era? You guys don't do that You're anymore? Gonna, I guess we sometimes do. We sometimes do. Sometimes I have a, do. Uh, a hydro flask full of tap water. Nice. I'm drinking a new to me flavor. Pretty good. Sour okay. pink lemonade ghost. Yeah. I can say it is good. I'm drinking a lemon drop bang. Courtesy of one of these guys. I don't know who got it. Bob paid for it. Oh, thank you, Bob. Hey, never. Hey, don't worry about it. Bob will hey, be sending you. You guys have a dizzying it. array of uh, of beverages. Soft, hard energy yeah. anytime I'm in the states i'm like this is just next level we we stay bevved uh for the listener at home the other the other voice you're hearing is our canadian uh, correspondent jeffy hi hello uh, enough of richmond uh richmond virginia uh correspondence we need to hear about what's going on in canada we need to hear about richmond bc Yes, Richmond, BC. Do you live anywhere near Richmond, BC? I live near Richmond, BC, yes. There we go. Oh, shit. We're not so different, uh, you and I. <laughs> Jeffy, do you want to... So at the, we always do at the top of the show and at the bottom of the show, we do our plugs. So if, you, if there's anything mm -hmm. you want to give a shout out to, anything where people can see you, see your work, learn about your worms yeah. or whatever they want to do. Yeah, um, I stream on Twitch. Um my handle on Twitch is Bug Viewer. Um, I don't stream that often, maybe at once every couple of weeks, but I do microscope stuff. So I have my microscopes and will look at like sludgy swamp water or uh, random stuff that I find in my house, make people guess what it is. I think it's pretty fun. Pond scum. Maybe it's I should. Uh, maybe I should just like pick a day and say that I'm going to stream that day, uh, and then. The pressure of knowing people have heard this will keep me honest and make me actually stream that day. That's what I do. Okay. That's what I do, yeah. I'm going to stream. I, mean, I, de I delete the event and then I just go MIA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stream on Tuesday the 24th. I love that. Streaming Tuesday the 24th at 5 o'clock Pacific at uh, twitch.ca slash bug viewer. Beautiful. Sick. And there'll be links in our show notes for that Twitch. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty new to the Twitch game. I always have technical difficulties. Um, Bob's been helping me out with getting stuff figured out with triggers and that type of stuff. Well, that's I'm good because Bob's never but... had any had any problems <laughs> with technical difficulties or uh, or a but that's ghost why I trust of his him. former spot, uh, his former self, two two seconds before <laughs> coming through. The craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, that was fun. It's 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 always a process. Every time I turn on the stream, I'm like, something's gonna go. I mean, I I put on that one stream where it was I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play Salvatore, and then it started, and then it just destroyed everyone's ears. But also, like when Bob's stream goes right, it feels like it's going yeah. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like everything's mm -hmm. falling apart. Uh, that just means everything's working. That's my secret cap. It's always insane mode. <laughs> it's kind of a good strategy. Yeah. No one can tell. Dewey. Hey. Uh-oh. Uh, Connor, Connor has a, a manifesto in his hand. You can take advice from your own judgment 
before making an important decision. I always do. Bob. Yes. Take advice from a trusted friend who can help you solve an important problem. Okay. What's it, Hold on. What's an important problem? Uh, why do you feel like shit all the time? Uh, I'm a, a trusted friend. You should drink more water. I don't think um, I feel like shit all the time. Just most of the time. I, uh, or uh, Jeffy, when, are, when when's your birthday? Whoa. Dox yourself. Uh, <laughs> Give me a range. What's your What's your sign? I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries sun, Aries moon, Aries mercury. Ooh. Aries triple, triple Aries. I'm yeah, a triple Pisces, so. Oh, nice. Uh, I shop at Aries. Jeffy, take care of your health and improve your appearance. Have a good time with your friends. T- wait, take care of my health and improve my appearance? <laughs> that... <laughs> Hey, I don't. Crazy. I didn't Connor, write this. Okay. I didn't write Jeez. it. Okay. I didn't write it. Uh, I need to. I may feel tense and irritable. Uh, I should try to be more patient because good news is on the way. That sounds like that one's for me. Uh, these are uh, forecasting by the master Sneaky Pete horoscopes in the Halloween edition of uh, the World Class Lottery Guide, the Pro Choice Sneaky Pete. Wait a second. What? what was that last part? Pro choice? The pros. The pros. Oh, gotcha, pros. Gotcha. <laughs> Pro choice. I was Pete. really worried for a second there. You were you were worried that Sneaky Pete is is uh an advocate for women. Oh wait. Okay, this is a problem. Wait, I have to clear my name for a sec. I always get pro choice and pro life mixed up for some reason. It's because they both sound like good things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like life. I can never uh I have to always like pause and actually think about which one is which for a second. Um, So just don't, I don't want to get the woke mob coming after me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No pro choice. We we are a pro choice podcast. Yes. Speak for yourself. Dewey and I are pro choice. (laughs) Yeah. We believe women should have the right to choose what they do with their bodies. The, the, uh, I'm a big earth crisis fan. The thoughts, (laughs) I like POD a lot. <laughs> the, the the thoughts and um, things expressed by the individuals of the podcast, fl- the podcast, podcast don't necessarily uh, reflect the thoughts of the entire podcast as a whole. Also, I'm joking with everything I say, so don't take anything seriously if I'm saying something crazy. This is like that paradox where you say uh, everything I say is a lie or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> one of the plot hosts is always lying. One of them is always <laughs> yeah. telling the truth. But Jeffy, do you have any? Have you ever encountered in uh, in the great uh, great the white north? Great white north. That sounds racist. I'm sorry. Is have you ever encountered any of these uh, the sneaky Pete? Uh, well, I, I guess not sneaky Pete because that's specific to the the DMV area. But any like gambling uh, number numerology horoscope things catalogs at gas stations no uh, i don't have a car that's probably why i'm missing out on this oh you don't go to gas stations you don't go to gas stations i mean i see a lot of like farmers almanacs which i feel like are maybe a slight parallel to that it's adjacent yeah it's a little bit witchier it's it's definitely more uh heavy on the clip art (laughs) heavy on the uh like the typesetter clip art from the 50s yeah. And okay. And it's all it's it's these little booklets that we get at, at our local gas station that have 
Uh, do you want to explain what any of them look like? It's see, it seems like something I'm not supposed to look at. <laughs> it seems like I I fall into possession of this book and then I'm somehow in the plot of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, it's a lot. Like you'll turn the page and it'll say the big six, and then it'll have a column, two, two, two columns, three sections in each column, and it's just like eight hundred seventy-five, four hundred twenty-three, six hundred thirty-two. It's just numbers. Oh, I love that. I love that. But uh, each one has its own like little theme. It'll be like, uh, like on the on the cover. Yeah, we got the bone. What is it? Bone, bone chilling. chilling, and it's a little mummy all wrapped up, and he's got some numbers <laughs> to his right side. And then you'll you'll turn the page and it'll say Dreamland, and then underneath it'll have a, a column A and a column B, and it's just Abby, accident, acid, adult, agent, airplane, and all of these words correspond to a set of three numbers. What? If you didn't this know it was for like... gambling, you would think it's like uh, like you're gonna get a, a hex put on you by reading it. Yeah. Speaking of hexes, I had a hex put on. I had a hex put on me. Oh yeah. Last Thursday. Oh no. You're talking about COVID? <laughs> no, Bob had that hex put on him. Oh yeah. Um, thanks, thanks, Bill Gates. I avoided that hex, fortunately. Fortunately, um, no, I had a I had a work event where we were we had this big celebration for a client of ours. Oh yeah. And uh, it took place at the Carpenter Theater, when I will not. I will not. I, I refuse to call it what it's called now. I didn't know it had a new name. So what's this new name? Is this it new a, name. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't hear it. It's the Dominion Energy oh, Center. Oh, that's terrible. But Dominion is evil. So yeah. um, I, I, I will continue calling it the Carpenter. Okay. Theater. Well, who, a, you, who are you going to call when your power goes out? Um, I, I called the <laughs> fire department. <laughs> True. You hate power, but you're recording this with electricity. <laughs> oh, okay. ah, yeah. You live oh, in a society dude. that needs power. Um, damn, I've been I've been owned. Yeah, Jeffy owned the libs. Um, <laughs> it's a it's for for Jeffy and those who aren't local. It's a, in a in a historic theater here in Richmond. Um, but for the event, my boss hired a close magician because there was a happy hour before the ceremony and there were a bunch of like first time people there. Uh, so my boss hired a close magician to kind of break the ice and get people mingling. Yeah. And he found like one of the best close magicians. Oh, I thought you were going to say one of the cheapest. No, no. He like found the most expensive one. What's a close magician? So rather than like doing stuff on a stage far away, it's like, like a street magician. Like he's doing stuff. He's doing card tricks. He's like, you know, coin tricks. Pull stuff out of your ears. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, he came up to my boss, my coworker, and I, and he had a deck of cards and was like, you know, pick a card, any card. He did a little like flipping the top card and it, it was my coworker's card. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Um, and then he fans out the cards and has me pick one. He's like, it, I can see it. It's fine. I was like, okay. It was the ace of spades or something. Uh, I love Motorhead. Um, so I gave it back to him. He mixed it up and he's like, hold your palm out. I was like, all right. And he put the cards on my hand and he was like, put your other hand over them. So I put my other hand like this. So I've got the cards hidden in between my two hands in the crocodile mouth and yeah. crocodile mouth style. And he reaches inside my hands and he pulls out a card and he's like, is this your card? And I was like, no. And he pulls out another one. He goes, 
is this your card? I said, no. He goes, well, I'll just make these disappear. And he put them in his pocket. And he goes, but wouldn't it be weird if I made all the cards disappear? And I can feel the deck in my hands. <laughs> and he, he, and I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty weird. And then he like waves his hands over my hands and I can feel them in my hands. And he goes, okay, open your hands. And I open my hands and there's a, the size of a deck of cards, a sheet of glass in my hands. Whoa. <laughs> At no point did I feel him pull the deck out of my hands. Yeah. And I like jumped back and I said, you're a warlock. <laughs> and I like, I was like, get this away from me. And he just, now give me your soul. I love but, that. Uh, so I've been telling people I, uh, I had a run in with a close magician and he hexed me. It was, it was crazy. It was like the best magic of it. I, ta- I was talking to him afterwards. His name is Hunter. He's a real nice guy. He's in a band. Oh no. Nice. <laughs> But he apparently is like a pretty successful magician. He can clear a room faster than anyone you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, a, maybe this is actually being on the podcast can be like a good coming out moment. Uh, I'm a closeted magic enjoyer. Hell yeah. And no. I'm too, I'm too ashamed of the fact that I enjoy magic to actually ever like it's ask enjoyable. any of my friends or my partner to go to a magic show with me. So I've never actually been to a magic show because yeah. of the stigma. Bob. Bob went to a magic show recently. No, you went to a comedy nice. show, but went there was a comedy a show where there was a magician. I uh, right on Bob. Live out loud. I like that hey, representation. Well, here's the thing. I have the I have the annoying ass fucked up brain where I can't enjoy things like that. I just have to dissect whatever is being done. I can't just be like, oh, that was like a fun illusion. I have to like figure out in my head how it works. I was googling shit later that night and I couldn't find stuff. Well, because you're not supposed to. It's the magician's code. I know. But I feel like the best uh, magicians are the ones that will show you how they're doing it. And it doesn't like detract from like the the sense of awe of the fact that they were able to pull it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's how cool the sleight of hand is. I I feel like there's some tricks that are like that, like the beginner stuff. But I feel like there's other stuff where you'll get attacked by the magician mafia. Yeah. Well, so he did another trick with a Sharpie where he drew an X on his hand Whoa, and then like sick. had someone hold their hands like in fists and then he like pinches the skin where his X is and then he like puts his hand on like goes like this and he's like, now check your hand and there's an X on their hand. Whoa. And I was like, Whoa. I want to know how he did that. So I like w- looking at YouTube and the all the magicians on YouTube were like, you can go buy this trick for $60. I'm not going to say how it's done, but in the description of the trick, it's a trick Sharpie. Like the Sharpie is the trick. Um, if you buy the trick, it comes with the Sharpie. But, he's, but everyone, every video I watch was like, I'm not telling you how it's done because then it's worthless. Yeah. Then uh, you don't want to be the guy because yeah. then I'll get disappeared. Yeah. You also don't want to be the guy that's like, actually, he does it like this because that's like, okay, dude, you, you're ruining everyone's fun. That's there's Bob. so That's there's Bob. so little magic in the world. Can we not have just a little <laughs> bit of awe and wonder? You'd have to have a pretty big YouTube audience though to actually spoil spoil a trick. Like even if even if five hundred thousand people in the world see that like spoiler, yeah. what are the odds that like any one of your shows has more than like one person that, that knows? Well, there is this I found this like Russian dude who has a TikTok and his whole TikTok is doing a sleight of hand trick. And then showing you how it's done. Mm. And I have a feeling like he is a wanted man. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's his whole thing is just showing you how magic tricks are done. 
I still, every time I think about magic, I just think about when we went to One Eye Jackson, the guy who showed us magic had really long fingernails. Oh, no. And was doing a sleight of hand. So, hey, it's a distraction. It's to keep yeah, you it from was noticing the there, trick. It, I don't know if it would cause me to look in more because as soon as I saw them, I was like, I'm checking out of this trick and I'm going to look at the wall behind him. <laughs> um, but hey. I also, okay, similarly to why I can't enjoy like a, a, a haunted house attraction. I don't, I don't like being fooled by something. You I don't, don't like feel being made to feel foolish. I don't want anyone to have the upper hand on me. And so I, whenever mm. I don't like being in a magician setting where they know something that I don't, and they're using that against me. He doesn't like getting caught up in Ponzi schemes. I yeah. hate it. I hate that feeling so much. So I really, that's my main detractor from from close magic. What's the opposite of a cuckold? Because that's what Bob is. Whoa, that's a that's like a Zen Koan. <laughs> so I'm really trying to wrap my brain around that. Like, hmm. Hey, listeners, call in if you uh, think you know what the opposite of a cuckold is. 804-286-0626. What is the opposite of a cuckold? Uh, hey, and no, sh- no, no shame. No shame. No shame if you are a cuckold. If you want to get cucked, go for it. Do you think people are going to be like, who? Why is this person on your podcast? By the way, no. I should just say that. I've never actually met any of these people in real life, um, but we chat on the Flock Discord. If you're not on the Flock Discord, you should get on there. It's pretty fun. And that's what a good guest does. (laughs) They plug our (laughs) shit for us. (laughs) Jeffy's our internet friend. Yeah. I wasn't actually insecure that anyone would wonder why I was on the podcast. I just needed a segue to, to plug the cord. Hey, thank Hell you yeah. so much. You're just like everyone who leaves a voicemail and every time it's like, everyone should check out the Patreon. <laughs> like, yeah. it sounds like we're paying people to say this stuff, but yeah, no, hey, if you get on the Discord and are cool, you might even be on the podcast one day, but you'd have to be really, really cool. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't get your hopes up. <laughs> but also just join just because there's a lot of cool stuff. There's we, Hey, we just added a sports channel. Sports <laughs> channel. I've been watching so much fucking postseason baseball. I I understand it now. Yeah, I understand baseball. Baseball's sick. I love it. I uh, I'm st- still watching football. I'm having fun with football. One of the things I love about baseball is games will just happen at one p.m. in the afternoon on a weekday. <laughs> like Whoa. people aren't going to be at work. And well, shit. that's why they have the on the radio. At I the, know at it's the just the so mechanic. Wild. Like they don't, do they not want people to come to the games or what's the deal? Only the diehard. Only man. degenerates. They're trying to gate. It's only for, uh, no, it's for school bus drivers. <laughs> True. <laughs> In between shifts. Yeah. They're paying homage to the people that work for an hour between 8.30 and 9.30 and then another hour between 3.30 and 4.30. Those people like deserve entertainment, Bob. That's true. And that's why we live in the greatest country on earth. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't re- I didn't realize that postseason baseball was uh, the be- best of five games, dude. Because we were like we we're like, why are we watching the Phillies play the Braves again? That's the one. Like, I had a roommate who was a huge Giants fan. That's a baseball team, right? New it York is a baseball team. It's not um, New York, but it is a baseball team. What's the New York one? Oh wait, Mets, Mets, or Yankees? The Yankees? Maybe it was a Yankees fan. I don't know. He was a big baseball fan. Okay. And that's the thing I couldn't stand is, first of all, the games are so long and the, there's so many games in a season. Like he'd be watching oh, yeah. the same team play each other for several days in a row. And I was like, this sucks. Do you like baseball, Jeffy? Do you like baseball, Jeffy? 
Um, no, I don't. Really, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I it's a bit too slow for me. I'm a thank you. I like to watch and play basketball. Yes, um, I think that's next on my list. I think it's good for shorter attention spans because something happens, something cool happens like at least once a minute. The the thing that trips me up with baseball is there's so many rules. Yeah. Yeah. And the metagame for, like, I guess the thing I appreciate about baseball is that it's really like, it's like an ancient sport. So it's like really deep in terms of like the strategy or something like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of strategy in b basketball too, but it's like, if you can just run and jump better than other people, you're just <laughs> yeah. automatically going to be really good. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the way that you get good at baseball is just do more steroids than the other team. Yeah. <laughs> it also seems like everyone gets involved in, in, uh, basketball because they're like you're tall you should join the basketball team yeah it's that's, from my mom played basketball in high school yeah because she's tall yeah <laughs> it seems like that's like the the origin story for a lot of people mm -hmm. i think i read that uh in the united states if you're a seven foot tall man between the ages of like 19 and 30 there's a one in seven chance that you're in the nba right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a tall. Also, yeah, I don't think you live very long if you're that tall, right? True. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. Damn. Basketball's next on the list of uh, sports to get into Wait, as soon as that season rolls back around. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, let me, uh, if you need any, if you need me to fill you in on the narratives, I can uh, send you a little write-up of what to watch out for. I don't know a damn thing. And that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna start uh, posting videos and talking about the weird few sports that I like in the in the sports Discord, and no one's going to care. <laughs> okay, like what? Uh, like Muay Thai kickboxing. Oh, that's cool. And judo. Whoa. I was gonna I was gonna say we could uh, start posting about melee. This is a sport. <laughs> Esports. <laughs> I guess you guys are a sports podcast. Yeah. Yeah, video games are sports. Damn. Hey, Some uh, people would argue otherwise, but uh, last week, Connor, you said uh, you want folks to call in and say what YouTube video or YouTube channels they're liking. Yes. Can I drop one or maybe even Please. two? Drop uh, 10. The main ones I'm watching right now, there's this guy uh, who goes by Ace Rolla. It's like A C E R O L A. And uh, he's like a video game graphics programmer. Okay. And it's pretty uh it's pretty cool kind of like educational but like shit posty videos about like video game graphics and uh he'll just pick a topic like full like grass in a video game or like how video games uh program like ocean waves or something and then go through okay. the process of like creating it um and really not shying away from all the like calculus and stuff like there's a lot of like linear algebra and like eigenvectors and stuff that definitely goes over my head, but it's presented in a really like funny way. Um, Hell yeah. That sounds sick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then the what other one that? I've been really into is uh, this guy, Jim Lil, um, who's, I think it's like L-I-L-L -L is his last name. This sounds familiar. He, oh yeah. That sounds you might've seen it. He's like a Nashville country musician guy and he... He only he doesn't have that many videos, but he'll ask a question at the beginning of a video like, where does the tone in a guitar amp come from? Or like, what makes a good microphone? Where does microphone tone come from? And then he'll like systematically break these things down and then kind of like rebuild them one variable at a time to like isolate uh, what makes like audio gear good. 
And that's a rabbit hole that will literally drive you insane. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But this is the thing. It's really cool because he'll like, he basically debunks like every like music gearhead myth. Like his guitar amp one, he kind of like, he comes to the conclusion because he's really scientific about how he tests it all. Mm -hmm. And he essentially uh, proves that like the the thing that makes a guitar amp sound the way it does is just like the shape of the EQ curves and like where the EQ and distortion come in the signal chain. And that's basically it. Like everything else is irrelevant. Was he one of the guys who did the uh, like the tone wood dismissal or debunking videos where he like built an electric guitar that was just a like a fretboard like nailed to yes. like a floating table and with a pickup and like yeah it's just strings like across the table yeah and couldn't tell a difference between that and like a like an ash body you know les paul or something <laughs> yeah yeah i really like his style like he's uh it's the only kind of like gear video that i can stand watching it, it makes me feel like my cheap squire bass is actually worth a damn hey the the tone comes from the hands yeah Bone tone, my friends used to call it. Call it. <laughs> tone, tone, bone. Like yeah, the tone, tone from your tone. finger bones, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, Dewey's just trying to uh, steal the joke. And he <laughs> A tone boner. <laughs> I didn't want to say it out loud. You want another YouTube suggestion that I've been obsessed with lately? Sure. Yeah. Uh, watching the compilations of... Uh, one of them is 11 hours long of X-Play episodes. Whoa, yeah. From like certain months in like 2004, 2005. And it's full X-Play episodes with the commercial breaks. I was going to ask. Still included? What's X-Play? X-Play was one of the G4 shows. Did you get G4 in Canada? Nah. Okay. G4 so. was a short-lived uh video game centric cable tv channel it uh it was a the origins of kevin Pereira. kevin Pereira, i think olivia munn was a host of of, of adam sessler adam sessler morgan webb they were x-play um just a lot of the people who are like notable names in video game adjacent content now got their starts not not I me mean, not necessarily their starts but became big names through G4 and X-Play was a show that was reviews like game like new release game reviews and it's a fun time capsule of how close-minded people were yes. with video games in the early 2000s and like the games that they gave bad reviews to or like wholly wrote off because of you know some minor thing that is now like a commonplace in game design is very fun to to just see that little like time capsule of of how bad (laughs) game video game entertainment was it was a few months ago where i had brought up the whole thing that resurfaced about some they did a review for some Japanese game and they were like it's weird in Japanese and then there was like a whole joke throughout it about sake was to- Tommy Tellerico wasn't a host on that, was he? He was on there a lot. Okay. He but was he wasn't there. a host. I also think he was on like the precursor to that for okay. some other stuff for GameSpot. So I remember, I think in uh, H-Bomber Guy H-Bomber Guy video, he like shows some clips of Tommy Tellerico like tearing apart some like 
game that ended up being just like yeah a groundbreaking I forget, game. I, I can't remember which game it was. Yeah. It was like No More Heroes or something, something. like that. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. A a lot of uh, a lo- the all of the humor in it is ex- like so dated and so yeah. like a lot of gay jokes. A lot of like just like the the it, '90s era of like of like uh, gay panic. Yeah. Like so much of that oh spilled it, over into it. And any it's just, any excuse to get Olivia Munn to like do something degrading as like a joke. One of the one of the episodes for like the. It was the release day of the Nintendo Wii, and they did like a whole day's worth of like Nintendo Wii like coverage and showing off like the new you know tech and stuff like that. And they just had Olivia Munn licking the Nintendo Wii, like un- doing an unboxing and then making her lick it. Yeah. <laughs> and you say you like all of this stuff? I this loved is, it. This is all good stuff. It was great stuff. Okay, I think we should do more of this. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's just so fucking weird and bizarre. And yeah. like, she obviously looks uncomfortable doing it. God. And everyone else there is just like, yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the company that uh, went under again after trying to be. Yeah. yeah. They tried to resurrect re- it. Relaunch it. <laughs> through like multiple YouTube and Twitch channels and stuff like that. Just completely un- not understanding what the like landscape of video game journalism is now yeah and just thinking like oh this was big let's just do it again and yeah. people being like no this this sucks yeah i mean in, in fairness that does work a lot of the time shockingly yeah. true what just like resurrecting an old thing or or that style of humor <laughs> i guess kind of both i meant just being like yeah. this thing was really popular yeah. eight years ago so therefore it'll work now yeah I mean, that's why we we have all these reboots and yeah, their remakes. It's just like, well, we could come up with an, an entirely new idea, or we could poorly do this thing that people recognize and will probably not yeah break even. We'll do better. G four seemingly just like during the pandemic bought a big space in like downtown Los Angeles and we're gout like just losing money at an extreme rate because of that. And then also we're just like, oh, let's just get all these like other, like the dude who Gerard, who's the completionist yeah. was a part of it. There's a bunch of other like, they're just like, oh, if we get all these people who already have big followings, we'll just get all the people that follow them onto it. But they were also just like, that doesn't always, we don't always get every single person. You don't get like the millions of followers from everyone to come over to watch your t- random Twitch channel. And then also, I don't know. It was just a, Seemed like the biggest part was it was some rich guy, some daddy's money guy was like, "I'm gonna resurrect this." Yeah, yeah. I forget who he was. I think his dad he was like, somebody's owned, son owns like Verizon or yeah. something like that, and he was like, "I'm gonna resurrect G4," then uh, tanked it, and then uh, probably like got the parachute and jumped out with a bunch of money, and and now works somewhere else as like a consultant just, or something, just failing upwards. Yeah over and over again what would you resurrect if you had a rich daddy i mean i don't assume that any of you don't have a rich daddy abraham but, uh, lincoln oh nice abraham lincoln <laughs> <laughs> if i could resurrect anything it'd be him little peep <laughs> yeah <laughs> one last show um what would i resurrect fuse tv i don't know dude fuse did you get fuse tv in canada Fuse TV no. was Canadian, wasn't it? 
Was it? So. What was the Canadian? Oh, Much Music was Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Fuse was just like MTV, but like for millennials. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, kind of alternative music. They would have like- I loved it. They would have like rap hour and then they'd have like punk hour and like, it was cool. It was very cool. I, I discovered a lot of music through Fuse. That's where I first figured out about Smile Empty Soul. My favorite band. <laughs> but one of the fun parts of the watching these G4 blocks is the the commercial breaks in between just Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of ringtone commercials oh, yeah. that I've forgotten about. <laughs> hey. Crazy Frog? Not no. Like Oh, pre Crazy Frog. In my uh set of commercials, I know it's like the same four ones that keep playing, but one of them is a ringtone one. Because <laughs> I was like I was going through the commercials and saw that one and I was like, whoa, I forgot when you could just buy ringtones yeah. on the internet for probably a bunch of money. Like pay $4 and you can get 50 cent or you can get a, uh, <laughs> like a fucking TI ringtone. Sounds yeah. like they, they, they owe you 350 then. Hey, yeah. hey that's Ooh. why Jeffy's here. Yeah. New consultant brought in. I'm a hardcore Bob pun apologist on this podcast. Hey. Yeah, but at least yours are funny. Yeah. All right, all right. I love puns. No, I'm saying I'm a, I'm an apologist for Bob's puns. I'm not. <laughs> you're apologizing for me. <laughs> no, you're just coming on and making actually funny ones. <laughs> you're making him look bad, Jeffy. Okay, okay, I'll scale it back then. <laughs> yeah, be less funny, why don't you? I gotta say, that was one of the early things that drew me to the podcast was the puns, for sure. Yeah? Oh, shit. Well, damn. I guess, I guess it worked on one person. Because I'm kind of a fake I feel like gamer. my puns are out of control. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've noticed <laughs> you have some really good ones. I think he, it's all in the delivery from Bob, though, the way that he like starts laughing like a yeah. full 30 seconds before it hits. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The wine. Hey, I'm not. Get it out. I'm honestly, I'm not making fun of you. I'm being genuine. It's like very enjoyable. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I'm making fun of you. We have had other people say that that is where they tune out. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I get it. Puns aren't everyone's thing. It's fine. I feel like I just mm -hmm. reached a certain age and I was like, whoa, puns. And that's well, when I knew I was here's getting the older. Thing. Puns are very popular in, in England, I know. It's like a very British humor. Yeah. And Jeffy lives in British Canada. Okay. True. British. I actually live in one of the more British areas, like within my kind of, like even within, I live in a province called British Columbia. And even within British Columbia, like I'm in a quite British pocket. So hold on a second. Hold up, Bane. There's something I've never fucking thought of for one second in my life, and I don't know why. <laughs> British Columbia, uh huh. District of Columbia. Okay. What the fuck is Columbia? Named after Columbus. I don't know. Really? Wait. So why is why is the Western Canadian one named after Columbus? It's a great question. I think America DC makes sense. I think America was originally supposed to be called Columbia, but Very the person who mapped it out, I think their last name was America or something. Vespucci? America Vespucci. Yeah. I think with B British Columbia, they wanted to call it New Caledonia, I think. Oh, that sounds like Tolkien. <laughs> but then there was already an, a New Caledonia yeah. in like huh. New Zealand or something. Interesting. Yeah. <sighs> We have uh, our flag is like half the Union Jack. It's pretty embarrassing. Oof. Well, you guys still got royalty on your money, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, we just have slave owners. <laughs> <laughs> We're way more progressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Our, I think the queen... I'm not sure if they're going to switch over to the king now that the queen's de- uh, dead, but I think they're going to. Can't wait to see his mug on some money. <laughs> I wish we would get plastic money. Kind of do if you think oh, about plastic it. Plastic money is tight. I I every time I'm in the states and I go to buy a coffee or something and I get a one dollar bill back, I'm just like disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait till we get the Amazon palm implants so so we can pay for stuff with our palms. Yeah, like mm-hmm. at uh, Whole Foods. You can already do that at Whole Foods. I, that's what I'm saying. I can't wait till that's widely available. Yeah, I wish we could hose down our money like you can in Canada, yeah. clean it off. Because yeah. normally when I'm pissing all over my money. <laughs> It takes me a couple of days to dry it out. Yeah. It's also all different colors, which is helpful because you can count it in a, in a snap. Yeah. I like it. And for yeah. the visually impaired, you can just reach in your pocket and know what it is because it feels different than the others. Yes. It doesn't feel I, like a receipt or whatever. I don't know what any of mine is. Dude. I'm going through my wallet saying, what the hell is Our this? Our money is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> and if you fold the $1 bill, it's actually the Twin Towers and they <laughs> knew it, it when they designed that. And that's so fucking crazy. What's I remember seeing now? that when I was like 12 and I'd never even seen like an actual American $1 bill before, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, yes, okay, this is, this is important. And it's going to like come up in my life at some point. I'm going to have to know how to fold the American $1 bill. I'm glad I, I found this out. I remember being in eighth grade and like seeing that and then trying it and my mind just be, I was like, that's fake. And then I folded it and I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> oh man. Or I guess there's how I guess I would as I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth or ninth grade when nine eleven happened. That's a fine age to be. How old were you, Bob? I was about eighth grade also. You were in college, weren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Graduating. You were in high school. I was in you high were, school. You were working in uh lower Manhattan yeah. as a stock. <laughs> <laughs> eighth grade is almost high school. We're we're pretty close in age. I was in 10th grade. Okay, so you're two years older than me. Yeah. It's fine. You wouldn't be caught dead with him back then because I'd be like hanging out with a baby. Yeah, we wouldn't even ride the same. I mean, we would ride the same bus. We wouldn't go to the same school. Your bus drivers would go to the same baseball games, though. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go, Flying Squirrels. Uh, You got any fun local team names up there? Um, Let's see. Our baseball team is called the Harbor Cats. Um, Vancouver's cool. soccer team is called the the White Caps. Okay, well, ocean. Those themes. are the only ones I know. I don't. I don't really follow local sports uh, okay. in any way. We got a we got a, the Flying Squirrel. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> his name is Nutsy. Nutsy. <laughs> and the logo of the squirrel, he's kind of doing a hand thing that <laughs> makes the Nutsy name kind of <laughs> oh, seem no. a little suspect. I mean, it's a vast improvement over the former mascot. That's true. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the first because I a caricature of a Native American. I feel like the because we were owned by the Braves, I think, or there was the farm team for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I remember uh, going to the first game, and I don't know if it was official merch, but I remember there being a shirt that was like just a squirrel trying to get a nut or something like that, like official. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was official, but like Richmond Flying Squirrels. Merch, damn. Uh, I haven't seen it since. Um, maybe I just made that up in my head. Who knows? Friend of us, maybe the show. I don't know if he listens. Brian, 
Baines. I don't think he listens. Uh, he's a big baseball and squirrels fan. Uh, he was telling me about this Instagram he follows that is like all uh, exposing the kind of CD underbelly of uh, minor league baseball. Okay. About and, when they get the guys that dress up as different nuts and run around. No, just how like poorly the players are treated. Oh yeah, I'm and sure like it's the terrible. kind of like food they give them and like the housing and like how much how little they pay them. It just like exposes all that, and it's it sounds pretty rough. It's pretty pretty fucked up minor league baseball. Yeah, but hey, they do play. They get to play a damn game for work. So I, how what do they want really? Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they should right, just hold them. Just pulled himself up by their bootstraps and started doing a lot of steroids. <laughs> pulled themselves also, up by their dress players... shoes. <laughs> Were you going to ask why do baseball so... players wear dress shoes and leather belts to play a sport? <laughs> <laughs> That's a way better question than my question, which is how come you can always tell when someone's a baseball player? They have like a very specific build and it's very like they have a bizarre. Gut. They have a gut and they wear a lot of... I've noticed... Their so, neck is very specific. Now that I watch a lot of baseball, I notice how much jewelry they wear. Yeah. And that's cool as hell. Not a lot of other <laughs> sports do they wear like multiple necklaces <laughs> with like big medallions. Yeah. Funny enough, uh, uh, after, or it was like right before the end of the Eagles game, the quarterback Hurts, Jalen Hurts, took off his helmet or he was on the sidelines and I saw he had like a big hoop earring, like Michael, J- <laughs> Michael Jordan style. And I was like, he looks really tight, but I was like, did he have that on while he was playing? Because that seems scary. But I mean, it also seems in his helmet. It seems crazy to like get off the field and then just be like, I gotta put my earring in. Uh, Cameras are out. You gotta be camera yeah. ready. True. It's cool that as sports with helmets, you get to do dramatic reveals like that, like mid game, though. You don't get that yeah. in, in basketball. Yeah. Except for it's a little different when like you see a guy with like long hair and then he takes off his helmet and he's like, oh, he's just got a long ass mullet because there's <laughs> definitely some people like that. Also a thing I've been a big fan of is uh, how bad, mostly baseball players have been a little better about this, but football players are absolute kings having the worst tattoos I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who it is. Someone, I, I forget the team, I forget who they are, but if you know this person and you know what I'm talking about, they have... Two full sleeves of Apple emojis. Oh, that no. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That look like they've been done by a high schooler. It's crazy, too, because they have more money than God. Yeah. And they still just get really bad tattoos. Yeah. Like, maybe they got them before they got, like, rich. I mean, if you had the money, I'd laser them. Laser them. Laser them. <laughs> Do yeah. something. It's wild. Uh, you guys want to talk about video games? Yeah, why not? Wait, what are we doing? Yeah. Believe it or not, this isn't a... Um, sports podcast. A sports podcast or a geography podcast or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, I played a game that I streamed after being excited for more music. And that was my random stream where I started playing DDR. So when we went to the arcade in Philly... Uh, well, there's round one. I, I, every round one I've been to so far has the DDR Alpha cabinet. I don't know. It's just like a big A, which I assume stands for Alpha. Okay. And they have a bunch of obviously these are these are the newest cabinets, so there's a bunch of new songs. And from playing DDR my entire life, it's always been oh yeah, that's the Euro pop dance stuff. And then every once in a while they'll have a a newer 
song, but when newer being like a Britney Spears song from like forever ago, because okay. newer means like modern song that you know, but modern song in like the early 2000s from when I first played it. But in these cabinets, they have modern songs like Dua Lipa and uh, Marshmallow. Marshmallow, dude, the Marshmallow song. That goes. one was good. I like that one. <laughs> that, That's a really fast one. Oh yeah, there's, there's, they, but mixed in with like party rock and and Ariana Grande are these actual anime intro like openings, and then uh, I think even like one of my favorite like future kawaii based tracks is in there. So they have a bunch of like, also, also they have a bunch of. Uh, songs that are well they do have some miku songs but they also have like vocaloid songs in there nice and i played it once at the arcade i was like this is cool but i never went and downloaded stuff because i'm like oh i just want to play the songs that i know kind of thing and then after playing again i thought oh i'll go check and see if these are online so i downloaded like three different games worth of new songs and it's all of that stuff and it's really cool seeing the progression of just how different they rate songs because it's still like you know beginner i don't know even if they call it in these newer games because i have uh step mania which is the program i use to play it in but it all condenses it down to basically beginner standard or beginner light standard and heavy i don't think i could touch half of these songs on heavy so i've been playing mostly on standard every once in a while i'll go to heavy which is the hardest difficulty but the progression of just DDR in general, general, where I've noticed that there's more quarter and half notes and like different strings that like seem to go along with the melody. Whereas it seemed like in the other games, it was way more streamlined, a little bit easier. Whereas in okay. these games, it seems like they're doing a little bit more nuance to the music itself. And it's also like harder. I did notice that from just like trying to watch along it does seem like the more old school ddr songs are just patterns yeah and the newer ones seem like they were like following the music more accurately yeah because it'd be a lot of like one two three four pause one two three four pause one two like it the way they do it like uh it's the chart is literally the what you call like the chart of the arrows but they call them streams where you'll do like a round where it's trying to, it looks like a diagonal pattern or something like, it basically looks like if you were watching someone do it, uh, the pattern would be like four in a row, kind of a rest and then another four in a row. Sometimes they'll do like eight in a row depending on how hard it is. But the actual flows are like way different. Yeah. So it mixes it up in a way that not only am I hearing all these new songs for the first time, but uh, keeps me more on my toes because a lot of times playing new DDR songs that are older songs, I can just kind of like look at it and I. it's hard to explain, but you're half paying attention to what you're supposed to do, but it's mostly like you see the the chart before it even gets there and you like, kind of can like guess what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to, it's not as much brain power as yeah. this. It's like instead of doing like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, it'd be like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like stuff like that where it like mixes it up more. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. I've been planning on, I want to do a, I've talked about it before, I want to do a full month of playing TDR every day for an hour at least. I have a question. Yes. 
are there people who play DDR seriously or like are there communities? Yeah. Who play? No, 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 no. I know that they're, I know, trust me. Okay. I okay, know. Okay. But people who play on like a keyboard or controller that take it very seriously. Yeah. There's, there's a, I forget. There, there's like, like obviously a, people who are differently abled. Yeah. Not everyone can play with yeah. their feet standing. But I'm so, like, is there like a community outside of like, outside of the dance pad yeah <laughs> that's me i was i was watching dewey's stream the other day and uh was trying to do it along with my with my arrow keys on my keyboard it was really yeah hard. Oh, shit. so i There's think i'm a... the community you're asking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time to build this community no yeah i forget because i remember watching a few videos on it and i can't remember the names of all the different like types because they all have like specific subgenres of like marathon basically marathon runners where it's like play these long ass games it doesn't matter how many you get it's like obviously you want to hit every note but it's less about doing that and just like lasting like 10 minutes of just doing like crazy ass stuff there's more style stuff and then there's uh from what i've seen there's different ways that they recommend you actually playing the the actual the uh keyboard version but what i've seen is it's usually like two keys on one hand and two keys on the other and it's kind of more ergonomic mm. but I have seen that as well uh, so there's like a serious competitive style of play where you are yeah. playing with like a keyboard yeah because okay. I mean step I mean if, if I were to sit down and play because the program I use step mania just registers any input you use so it does that. it does the arrow keys and you can just switch them around and play like that if you wanted to interesting and there's there's definitely uh, because because you're able to you know hit three notes at, a, at or hit three arrows at the same time on keyboard way easier. There's specific charts that are made for finger players. Is what I'll call them now. Finger play. Yeah. I didn't say it like that, but you did. So it's kind of uh, like. Are there divisions in the community like between like skateboarders and tech deckers? Where like if you're doing it with your feet, you're legit, <laughs> and if you do it with your fingers, you're not or is there like From, a, is it a widespread acceptance i think it's a widespread acceptance i think um at least when you get past like the first layer the only thing that i've ever because I'm, I'm i'm not involved in these communities at all other than a surface level of like going to the arcade and sometimes talking to people but i have seen some stuff about people in <laughs> the best way i can put it is like normal people in youtube comments being like He's not even playing the game because there is a the form that I'm talking about where it's it's uh, the marathon runner is like you stand with both your feet in the in the square that is not actually attached to arrows and you shuffle around like barely move you're basically pressing the edge of all the buttons with your feet and your heels like your toes and your heels and people will be like this isn't even like how, you're not even really dancing blah 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 uh, so those are the only people who. I think have any sort of weird animosity towards people having fun. Whereas everyone else who, I guess I, if you invested enough time into buying a pad and even going in any kind of direction of playing DDR more than just uh, like at the arcade every once in a while and not really trying to get better. I think you see other people and you just are like, Oh, that's cool. Unless you're just a weird freak who wants to be mean to this, uh, like a very small community 
yeah. and a niche of a niche of a niche kind of thing. I love I love approaching DDR like a a, a Dark Souls edge lord yeah. asshole. <laughs> Basically, there's people out there, but I don't see much. It just seems like YouTube comments, but that's what those are for. It's meant to be hard. Yeah, YouTube's comments are are made to be so you can yell into the void at other people. <laughs> Bob shaking his head. No, I just grim place. I just had a whirlwind happen in my brain. Yeah. I in my head I thought damn it would be cool if they did DDR but like like you're playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I just invented rock band in my head and I realized it already existed and felt so stupid. It's it already existed and now is in every goodwill. <laughs> So we have Bob's answer for if his dad was rich, what he'd revive. <laughs> yeah, rock or uh, resurrect guitar hero. Bring back guitar, guitar hero. And that's another thing that I Damn. I talked about how I want to get into it, but I just need to like invest in that dongle that it plugs into your Wii to then to your PC and then oh, has like yeah. the lowest latency. Because there's a whole other thing for that, but it's like gonna cost like fifty sixty dollars to get the dongle plus shipping because it comes from I think like Korea or something like that. There's like a dongle you can plug into. Basically, it is a... For DDR or for Guitar Hero? For Guitar Hero. It's like a... Because the Wii U has the thing where you plug the nunchuck into it and then you place it in the guitar. Inside of it, yeah. Uh, And so they have a thing where it's like nunchuck to USB. And apparently, from what I've seen online, is that's the lowest latency. mm. Or you can get a guitar... Because you can actually get the wireless Xbox guitar or the other ones. But apparently, for whatever reason, those are easily found and used and i think both of the I, I think one of them is messed up now the the whammy bear got messed up on one of them but both of those uh nick just found by a dumpster and i check i that's when i was talking i might have talked about it on the podcast where i played uh i bought beatles rock band because i was like <laughs> i need to test this and this is the only wii game they had yeah uh and it was like yep it works and then i put like two songs and i was like well never gonna play this again probably I love that the Beatles wouldn't let rappers or like hip hop producers sample their records, but they would yeah. allow, uh, they'd license their catalog to rock band. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty on brand. <laughs> uh, I've been playing some more Sea of Stars too. Okay. Uh, probably put in close to another five hours now. I kind of, oh, play in like four hour spurts. Or, or like few hours spurts and I haven't been able to really like sit back and continue uh, but I'm trying to complete it soon I've just also been moving in stuff because uh, I've now combined collections with Kelsey which I'll get into in a second but uh, the only thing that I feel like I need to talk about with Sea of Stars other than it's still really good is I forgot to mention that there are amulets you can buy in the game. There's some you start off with. That did we talk about how the amulets make the game easier or harder? Oh, I don't, I don't know think if we so. talked about that, but I do remember. Yeah, like there's the one that shows the enemy health bar. Yeah. I yeah, which I feel like is pretty essential uh, to the game. So I always have that one on. But there's also ones that like every time you complete a battle, you get full health and full magic, which is pretty cool if you want to use that. And there's other ones that make things harder. Um, I actually bought one that that just was pretty expensive, but it decreases all of the shop items by a certain amount. So I got that. And uh, 
Yeah, just been plugging along. The story is kind of ramping up. And again, it's nothing like that's super crazy, but I just uh, had a weird thought. It's 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 interesting to paint these amulets as not as like power ups or add ons, but they're like these are things that make the game easier. But really, if you think about it, that's just what any power yeah. up or weapon in a so. game yeah. RPG does. It's like this is a way to make the game easier. Yeah. Um, it's less of a numbers and more really of a boil meta. it down. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny to like. It, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, leveling up in yeah. Elden Ring is a way to make the game easier. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fun. Bearable. <laughs> so it's 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 funny to paint it that way and be like, it it's almost like diminutive of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like you're using this amulet to make the game easier. Well, yeah. it's like, yeah, well, you're you're buying new armor to make the game easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, the the main one that I I mean I have on the one that actually there's there's different the one that I have kept on which I might have talked about I can't remember if I just thought about talking about this but I was like while I was playing it the only thing that I was like oh this is kind of, I wish they were some sort of feedback to let me know when I've because we talked about it before if you missed the episode where when you're attacking if you press A as soon as you do a do, uh, a block or you do an attack if you attack and press that button at the correct time, you get a second attack that obviously gives you more uh, damage that you, you're being dealt or that you are dealing. And then if you block it, you do uh, you take less damage. The only thing that I was like, I wish there was some sort of feedback to let me know when I got that right, like an animation. And one of the amulets is every time you time something correctly, a star pops up and flies. And I was like, oh, so the one thing I had a problem with is fixed immediately. Yeah, nice. So... I'm very excited to continue playing that. I'm hoping to complete it as soon as possible because I know that the new Spider-Man game is coming out and on the same day of, that the Spider-Man game is coming out, uh, the Mario Wonder, I can't remember the name, the new 2D Mario game is coming oh, out the same day and that's like yeah. next week or the week after. There's, so, there's too much coming out in October. Yeah, there's a lot. And... uh but yeah, so I've uh, trying to play video games on top of moving everything in. Kelsey is slowly moving stuff in. Hopefully by the end of not next week, but or this week, but next week, I took all of the doubles of our games and I went to go to Dawnstar to sell them. Nice. So <laughs> that's the main thing I did. And and I'll be happy to let everyone know who's ever been to my house in person. I have one less giant CRT TV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I. Realized that I don't need four. And so I got rid of one of the big ones. Okay. Three. Some might say three is still too many. Well, there's <laughs> there's the big one, which obviously I need because it's big. There's the smaller one that has a really good picture. Yeah. And then there's the smaller one that doesn't have as great picture, but it has the uh, VHS uh, in it. Yeah. So I have to have all those. Okay. You, you don't. Monday, those are going to be worth a lot of money. Trust that's, me. That's true. Monday, those that's are going to pay for Guts's college. <laughs> I've been trying to um, find one of those and they're actually, yeah, they're, I looked on like my local marketplace. There wasn't a single one for sale in my town. Yeah. And then there was it's, like 80 miles away. There was a Shrek one that someone was selling for like nine grand. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, if the picture quality is good on those, those go for like crazy amounts of money now because they were all over Goodwills for a while. And, and then one day, I think all of the like secondhand stores were just like, we're 
destroying all these or getting rid of all these. I think a lot of Goodwills just stopped taking electronics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Every time I go into a Goodwill and I and I look at the electronic wall, I'm just like, this is why. Who is in charge yeah. of this? Yeah. Uh, so it's like my house. I'm trying to find like, a, you know, those like Trinitron CRT TVs? Yeah. Those are like insanely hard to find too. Yeah. It's just one of those things where everything goes in cycles and now everyone is like, oh, it's like vintage and they'll pay like a stupid amount of money for it. Yeah. When like two, three years ago, it feels like they were just in abundance everywhere. Maybe a little less. I think they stopped taking them during COVID. It seems like I see them at like trendy restaurants or whatever where, or like yeah, vintage stores where they use them like uh, they'll have a wall of CRTs playing like The Lion King or something. Yeah, yeah. We went, <laughs> we went to the, the the worst coffee shop I may have ever been to, even for my standards in San Diego. Oh, shit. And they definitely had a CRT playing. Uh, I want to say Twin Peaks, but I don't remember if it was Twin oh, Peaks man. episodes or not. But it had it was like that vibe, you know, like the the pop culture of the late '90s was like. The aesthetic of the of the coffee shop. Can you describe the coffee? Terrible. It's a damn good cup of coffee. It was apparently the the coffee at the Twin Peaks cafe from the show is horrible. Yeah, the, the people I've talked to have been there. Like, yeah, the coffee sucks. It's very mid. It's just a rant. it's just a diner. I was yeah. in Washington like a couple of weeks ago, and the coffee there was yeah surprisingly brutal for like how uh, how loud Washington bangs the coffee drum. Yeah. Yeah, the place that we went in San Diego, I don't even remember the name, but it was like suggested to us by someone. So we're like, oh, we'll check it out. And no, none of the food there was was good at all. And the coffee was just bad. I got a iced Americano, tasted just like burnt like grounds. Cigarettes. Yeah. And Val got uh, a hot Americano that they added milk to. <laughs> Nice. just for, for no reason <laughs> like, yeah she famous. was like half, she was like halfway through drinking it was like this tastes like just like they put milk in it and i was like i first of all they forgot to give her her drink uh-huh so i was like standing there for a while and they're like did you order something and i was like yeah we ordered americano and she was like oh i think someone else took it and i was like no because i've been standing here the whole time <laughs> no one else took it there wasn't an there wasn't an americano up there uh so they made it and put milk in it i guess did it felt they, bad so they gave you free milk yeah. yeah well the the three ingredients of americano uh hot water espresso and cold milk yeah <laughs> it's good for your bones two percent milk yeah that place was rough don't go there uh i'll quickly talk about the only other thing i did was i finished the first season of code Geass, which is a anime from early mid 2000s that when you go on my anime list and see top animes it's like listed there at least first and second season are pretty high up there okay. so I've been going through and just thinking about like oh what what do I want to watch and that's always been on there so I was like oh, I'll start watching this and it is very very good it is wild and all over the place but it basically takes place in Japan and there is a Part of the world that if I remember from the first episode just looked like the United States, but it's called New Britannia. <laughs> if, if, if anyone who's listened to the podcast, hey, it seems like every, yeah, it seems like <laughs> it seems like all of the 
anime it, it dealing with like mechs or like World War II like adjacent stuff. There's always like a slightly slight name change, and then it's like Japan fighting for their in- independence from X person. So it's like a mixture of like what I assume to be America slash Br- Britain because the king is also Charles. But if I remember correctly, they're from America. But basically, uh, New Britannia has taken over a bunch of parts of the world and have replaced all the places with just numbers. So Japan is known as uh, Area 11. And so all of the Japanese people who live in uh, Japan now are called 11s. Is this World War II aesthetic? No. Oh, okay. This is is like... I was going to say... Imperial Japan famously yeah. famously did nothing bad yeah. during World War II. Yeah, don't ask where what Japan was doing in China during World War II. Uh, but they live under occupation, and now there's also it takes place in a school where it is mostly people from Britannia, but they're also this uh, idea of like honorary Britannians and. Um, it's sort of is skewed in like at least aesthetically the the dress and stuff like that feels like it could be kind of like a it's set in like 2016 i think i think it, whenever it came out they say that's the date that it's taking place in um so 2016 maybe 2015 i can't remember um but they uh all kind of have that look but there's these mechs called nightmares where they're really cool ass looking mechs and those are what Britannia kind of uses. Uh, and if I remember correctly, the way that the, the Britannia was able to kind of take over so quickly was that they had this innovation in these cool looking mechs that were able to overtake. And the whole story from the first episode, so it's not really spoiling, is that the main character, Lelouch, his he is a... I, I, the king has like multiple children and his mother was assassinated. So he is technically heir to the throne in a way, but there's also other people who have, he's, he's like a lot of like half siblings and stuff like that that he runs into. But he basically is like, I'm going to lead an uprising in Japan against my father because he just ha- hates his dad that much, which makes sense because uh, his dad kind of disowned him uh, after he was like, why didn't you stop my mom getting assassinated? And he, his dad's just kind of like, I don't know, it was really whatever. But the entire backdrop of this is that he gets a power called the Gios after um, coming into contact with a magical girl with green hair called C2. And when he has direct eye contact with someone and uses this power, he can tell them to do whatever he wants and they automatically do it as, as the story progressed, It's, it's a very weird power. I'm like, how are you going to like put a whole like story behind this very niche power that he, once he uses his Gios on someone, he can't do it again. But it, he's also like a, it, it gives me death note vibes before this was before death note, but of like a, a kid mastermind. And, and at the beginning of the show, it shows him like playing chess against these nobles and stuff like that. And owning them. It's the kind of like, I'm always one step ahead kind of like vibe. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to feel about it because again, it feels like a very 
the best way I can describe it is when you're on the playground as a kid and you're like, well, if I look at you and you and you see my eye when I do the thing, then uh, you have to do whatever I say. It's just like a, you're making up this really weird and obscure power. Like, how is this going to work in a story? And they just make it work because his childhood bre- best friend is a part of New Britannia now, but he, he is also the son of the uh, original emperor of Japan. So it's kind of like a, a swap of places where the heir to Japan's throne, whose father is dead during the attack or like that, now is trying to change the world from inside Britannia. And that's their, their whole thing is uh, Lelouch takes this identity of uh, Zero because obviously instead of being 11, he's zero. It's a whole thing. And he is trying to convince his friend who doesn't know that it's Lelouch and like, hey, you got to stop trying to fight. You should join me because I'm leading a resistance. He's like, no, I'm going to climb through the ranks and I'm going to change from the inside. Kind of like that whole like very like, no, there's actually good cops. Don't worry. It's, it gives me that kind of vibe. Whereas this guy's like, no, we need to start terror, like terrorist attacks against like the bad people, but also knows enough to be like, oh, we can only do this uh, to a certain extent. And he's like moving around people like pawns. And like, it's a very, it sounds like probably wild coming from me, but as the pieces start to fall together, really surprised me in how good it is okay it's the same again it has the same vibe of death note to me where it's it feels like the page turner every episode i'm like oh shit how is there gonna that i think at the end of episode uh, then the season one i i thought how are they going to make a second season and they kind of do it in a weird way where they wipe the slate clean, mm. but hit the ground running and just keep going in a way where I'm like, it was a kind of a weird stumble, but they just go right into it in season two where it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I highly, I highly suggest it. I now, I now know why it's at the top of the list. Okay. Of uh, my anime. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, very good. I would, I would say give it three episodes or so, and I think you'll be hooked just on like how how is his power work and like how is he going to like put all these pawns in place and like yeah. how is he going to be able to be a just normal guy going to school, which they thankfully they skip out on a lot of that stuff. There's not like a I think there's one episode that's like the beach episode. Mm. But it's not even a beach episode. It's just kind of like a filler part where a, a cat takes his his mask that has his identity or whatever like that and is running around and he's chasing after it. Uh, but other than like that, there isn't a lot of like filler. Uh, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Nice. That's all the stuff I've done. Okay. Jeffy, do you want to share? Um, Let's see. Yesterday I played uh, Risk of Rain 2. Ooh, and yeah. uh, streamed it on the Flock Discord. Pretty fun. It's a good um, time. Yeah, yeah. Bob was there. It's a pretty fun game. It's like a third-person shooter roguelite. Um, you're kind of running around this alien world, killing monsters, and the kind of main mechanic is that the game is like ramping up in difficulty with like every second that ticks by. So you're trying to like find loot and power up your character and get items uh to like get stronger faster than the game's getting harder Mm -hmm. um 
And yeah, you just go on runs and you just, you can like loop through worlds kind of indefinitely, or you can like at certain points go to the final boss when you feel like you're like ready. Um, so it's cool because it's, it's pretty like random in terms of like what items and stuff you get, but the fact that you can kind of decide when to go to the boss fights and like when to fight the final boss gives it some cool like strategy and stuff and a lot of the items work together in really cool ways what's the story of the game because every time i look at it it seems like obviously they change terrain every time you go to a new area but it feels like almost like space exploration but not actually yeah. in space like you just are in a new foreign land yeah it's the story like, like builds off the story of the first game which i haven't played so i'm not super familiar with the lore but mm -hmm. basically there was I think the 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 lore is like there's these uh brothers that were kind of like it's unclear if they're like gods or if they're just like super advanced like technologically advanced beings from like some planet um and they like fought and one of them started this like planet and created all these like animals to live on it or something and then the other brother like maybe betrayed the first brother I don't know there's this whole kind of like struggle between these brothers uh but by the time the second game starts, you're basically on a mission. You're dropped on the same planet that the first game took place on. And I think you're trying to like, you're basically trying to kill one of the like brothers or whatever, like the evil brother who's like the final boss. Um, and you kind of bump into one or two characters from the first game. Um, there's like lots of characters you can unlock and stuff that all have really different abilities. Um, but... Yeah, the, it's pretty much like the storytelling's pretty like environmental. Like when you get certain achievements in the game, you unlock like logbook entries. So it's kind of one of those games where you go back like in between runs and you can read about like what each item kind of where each item came from. And it's all written in like radio transcripts between like long dead like space explorers or something. It's like, yeah. It's like journal entries from the people that were on the planet in the first game. Uh, the way you described the game uh, feels very different than the the like art style. The graphics are very bright and kind of colorful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, got a kind of like cell shaded. There's like different, there's a lot of different levels, but each level is like kind of monochrome, but like a bright color kind of thing. Mm. It's really cool. I don't play a lot of shooters. Um, I don't have like, I just have it on uh, my PlayStation and my Switch. So it's like playing with the controllers a little bit hard with like aiming and stuff. But I was playing it on on baby mode yesterday because I haven't played it in a while. But uh, it's fun. It's like, it's pretty hard. Uh, sometimes you just get like lucky and uh, can go on these like crazy runs where you you get really powerful really fast. And then you're just like kind of uh, like destroying your way through this planet, which feels kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I feel like it, it came out like 10 years ago or something. And that's kind of like, I grew up playing like uh, Super Nintendo and then got like a PlayStation and the PlayStation 2. And then I kind of stopped playing video games for like a while after that. So that mm -hmm. kind of, when I think of like, if I close my eyes and think of what a video game looks like, it's very much like PlayStation 2 graphics. Um, yeah. Which this game's like a bit more advanced graphically than that, but not much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like when I was watching the Baldur's Gate stream, um, like, was that a week ago or two weeks ago? Um, I was like, how does this game look like this? Like, anytime I see a game that came out within the last, like, three years, I'm like, 
what am I watching? Like, <laughs> the yeah. game has a it's like a, a cool art style that was it was very big in the twenty tens. Yeah, like that that the cell shaded kind of like low poly, low poly like that. A lot of indie games mm-hmm. had that aesthetic, and yeah. this game. I never knew that this game was a roguelike in that way. I just, I didn't really know much about it. I heard the name constantly, yeah, but I didn't know anything about it. And watching you play it, it was like, oh, this is like, it's like a third person. Like my closest uh, uh, reference to it would be like a vampire survivor. Like mm-hmm. you kind of cater your build depending on what items you pick up, and you know each character has their different attacking style. And just depending on who who you play as and how you how you get your random build, it it made me more interested in wanting to play it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a game mm. that I've always wanted to play, but it's a four you can have four player co op. So I've always oh, like really? I've always waited to be like one day I'll play this with people because the first game is like totally different. It's like a two, it's like a two D game. Yeah, and it's a it's more of like a platformer almost. Kinda. Yeah. Which it's really it's a cool pretty to, crazy like, jump between games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is like it's wild to go from like two D, kind of the same style of, if I re- if I remember correctly of like a roguelike, but then just like having third person co op three D. I mean, that's kind of what Helldivers is doing from the first yeah. to the second one, which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fun. That's a game I really like playing. Um, I've been playing Breath or not not Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I remember a few episodes ago, Bob, you were saying like Tears of the Kingdom came out and everyone was super hyped about it. And then like no one plays it anymore. And I don't I'm know if anyone, kind of, no one plays it anymore, but no sure, one talks yeah, yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. People aren't like posting like their like little machines on Twitter or whatever. Right, right. Um, but I like was not excited at all when it came out. I didn't I, like the last Zelda game I played was like Ocarina of Time, I think. Um and then Bob, you mailed me your your copy this yes, summer, so I just I played it for the first time this summer, and I've been super into it. So you haven't uh, played Breath of the Wild, and you're playing Tears of the Kingdom? No, yeah, I've not played Breath oh, wow. of the Wild. Interesting. I I I kind of like got off Zelda at a young age because I don't like feeling confused, and yeah, <laughs> like puzzle <laughs> games really bother me. But this game feels different because it's not like. Uh, you're just like in a thing in a weird cave looking for a particular item that'll let you do a thing. It's it's more like a s- immersive sim kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the puzzles are very intuitive in yeah, in the, like Breath of the Wild and this one especially. Just where it, it's not. I, I feel like a lot of puzzles in older games, especially, are a lot harder to parse what they're asking you to do. Yeah, for sure. Yes, and and the newer Zelda games, it's definitely. A little more of like you have enough there's enough experimenting and like free free form like do what you wantedness where you can solve a puzzle in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. it's like here's a yeah. wheel and some sticks like you'll figure it out whereas i feel like <laughs> yeah. in a lot of especially in like older even in like a sea of stars there's there have been some parts where i'll get stumped just because i don't realize like oh this is something i can climb up on because the I didn't see that the texture was slightly different and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like, oh, I was just going to say did- that. Zelda, they did a great job of communicating like what you can and can't do. And it, I th- yeah, in a lot of older games, it's like, oh, the answer was that 
you had to stand on the top of this one tree that you had no idea you could stand on top of because none of the other trees you can stand on or whatever. Yeah. Remember when I was streaming Silent Hill and there was the weird piano puzzle and you had to look it up for me because it was so convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how many hours would I have had to just sit here like fucking with the game to try to figure out this weird puzzle? And I mean, that's, I don't hate that approach to it either because it's like, it's yeah. kind of that's rewarding in its own way, but at the same time, like it's also if, just indicative of older games. Sure, sure, they were harder. Sure, which is crazy too, because there was no like YouTube to look up the whatever, like no, unless you, you bought like, the Nintendo Power or whatever Prima Strategy Guide. Yeah, or you could go to CheatPlanet.com. That's what I used. Game facts. Game facts. I did game facts. Or like me, you just had to have a you had to have a brother who's eight years older than you that could show you <laughs> yeah. how to do it. <laughs> that helps. But. uh yeah, another game that I've been playing is uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Ooh, classic. Uh, another, <laughs> I feel like a fake gamer. Like It's another situation where I've never played a single Metal Gear Solid game. And I mean, then just that, was my, that was my first Metal Gear game also. I still haven't oh, wow. ever played nice. one. Yeah, I, I'm definitely like, definitely a bit of a fake gamer. Like I just, I didn't, I thought a platformer meant that it was like a game that was only out on one platform. Like Mario is a platformer because it's on Nintendo. Until like hey, hey. A, a year ago, I think I learned what a platformer means. So, I remember when I when I got into Melee, people kept talking about spaces. And I was like, I have no idea what this means. And I thought they meant I thought they meant characters that like use spacing for their attacks and stuff like that. And they're literally talking about space animals like Falco and Fox. <laughs> That's what when they say the spaces. So that's funny. Yeah. But hey, you learn a lot about video games listening to the Flock podcast. Hey, hey educational. Yeah. How are yeah. you uh how are you liking Phantom Pain? I really like it. I I I think I like it for the same reason that I like Tears of the Kingdom that you just like have a bunch of parameters that you're working with and the game's just like, "Cool, have fun. Here's a bunch of desert. Yeah. Find your way into this space however you want to do it." Gives you a lot of different tools. I really like that. I was just going to say, maybe just the way video games were designed for like 20 years just didn't work with my brain. Video game design in like the mid 90s was great. Like I loved all those games. And then video games, maybe because it's like the hardware or whatever, are now getting to the point where they can pivot to this kind of like more immersive style uh, with like physics simulation and everything that I really yeah. like. Put you, in the, put you in the sandbox. Yeah, I was gonna say, get me have, in the sandbox. Have you ever played Death Stranding? No, but I've been wanting to. For sure. I feel like that might be your kind of game. Mm-hmm. You ever it wanted to work like for Amazon? <laughs> I mean, a lot of the game is literally just walking. <laughs> yeah. But like vibes. finding creative ways to walk. Sometimes I start with the left and then I go right. Yeah, I get that vibe. It looks beautiful too. Oh, it looks incredible. Yeah. I kind of only play like two or three games at a time. Um, yeah, it's, so it's one more than I do. <laughs> hey, there's a segue. What are you playing, Bob? Oh boy. Uh let's see if he's got anything this week. No, I I cheated for the first time in Starfield. Oh. I fucked I fucked up my achievements. I had to use console commands. I was locked. <laughs> I was locked out. What do you mean? What happened? So here I am on Neon. I just got my first power. Okay. Uh that's the thing in the game that you get Skyrim style powers which I wasn't sure how I was going to like it but I'm loving it Okay. and uh, this power that I have received you can uh, kind of turn gravity off 
in a field around you. And I accidentally did that while I was wandering around downtown Neon, floated some cops. They didn't like it and started attacking me. And I don't take lightly to that. And I start just blowing them away. So I start blasting them. And they send back up and I start blasting them too. And next thing I know, I've got a $200,000 bounty on my head. And uh, <laughs> all of my quest for the main story involved me doing two things on Neon, which I was unable to do because every time I showed up there, the cops surround me and start shooting. And uh, there's no way I'm going to get $200,000 in that game because money is pretty hard to come by. I thought, you know what? I don't have a, I'm not going to lose eight hours of progress by loading a previous save. I'm just going to do a console command, give myself some money, pay my bounty and move on because there should be a way where you can just surrender and go to jail and have them take your shit and then be just like in real fine. life right right it's been a, it's, you just wait a few hours in the in the, <laughs> the jail cell and then they let you out you marry a senator and then you can kill someone with yeah. your car and then they'll let you off free diplomatic yeah. immunity so yeah I, I just i had to do that just because it, the game was just unplayable at that point i couldn't i couldn't advance any story quest because the there cops. was no way I was going to get that much money. Because you reach for the, the officer's service weapon. And for some reason, every time I went back, they didn't clean up the bodies. So <laughs> there was just evidence of my crimes all <laughs> over. I have city. heard some weird stuff about like someone going in and like killing a bunch of cops, and then you go back into the area, and, the, and there's just dead bodies that you killed all around you, and you're at the cop headquarters, and they're like, yeah, I got a quest for you. Yeah. <laughs> And there's just oh, like do I know you from somewhere? Stepping over the bodies you've murdered. No, I don't think so. Other than other, that's where the first detective agency was formed. It was like France in like the 1600s or or 1700s, and they like there was these former criminals that were like, we're tired of being criminals. Can we just like work for the cops and like uh, snitch on all our friends and. That was like how <laughs> policing and like detective agencies were invented. That's crazy. Now we have the Pinkertons. Yeah. yeah. Still yes. around. But yeah, uh, the game has been incredibly easy for me other than doing that one cheat because I've also... One quick trick. I've also uh, been leveling up my persuasion and I have sided with the space pirates. So pretty much anywhere that the main quest is taking me, I can talk my way out of any confrontation or if it is a place where I have to like go in infiltrate something it's the space pirates and they're all my friends so they don't shoot at me that's cool so I've just been like blowing through story beats just because like I can speech check everything I need to or there's no combat involved because everyone there is my friend so the game's been pretty easy so far can I ask a, an ignorant question absolutely is Starfield uh, like a multiplayer? Are you playing with other people or is it just no. like a... Okay. It is a single player like narrative RPG. Nice. Which I, is good because I, I think playing... If there were other people, other human players in and out of that, it would be... Oh my God. It would be a mess. It would Can be a GTA Online. MMO. Yeah, it would be psychotic. But that, I think that's all I've done gaming-wise really. Oh wait, you played uh, Battleship the movie the game it's true yeah that was garbage <laughs> one of the one of the hardest games i've ever played in what way uh old timey i guess not old timey really because it came out in what 2010 2011 something like that but just it felt ancient to play just because first person shooters have changed so much since then yeah 
it was not fun, really hard. All the checkpoints were so far apart that when you died, it just takes the steam right out of your sails. I don't want to, I don't want to replay 10 minutes of this. What was already really hard. Um, so I'm just going to give up. I'm trying to imagine the uh, weird steam steampunk vehicle that uses steam to uh, propel sails. <sighs> hey, why don't you get on the mic and say something about what you did this week? <laughs> it's not so easy. Oh, I say dumb shit all the time. Uh, hello. This week, uh, I made my comeback on Twitch. The return. The return. Welcome back. Thank you. It feels good to be back. Uh, I'm slowly rebuilding my my Twitch. Uh, I have some new uh, alerts set up. Uh, I had a new intro screen, a bunch of people dancing, which yeah. were all in Richmond. I, I noticed. It was cool. I liked it. Was, I noticed uh, uh, the Dogwood Dell uh, Amphitheater. Yeah. So uh, I've been looking at, I've been watching a bunch of like archive, uh, rich r- local public access TV on the internet. Um. So yeah, I'm slowly rebuilding that. Uh, I, I as a as a thank you to everyone for sticking with me. I played a game that people have been uh, oh. pestering the fuck out of me to play for years now. I hope you're paying attention to the story and you're really getting all of it. I'm reading everything. Yeah, aloud. <laughs> um, I'm playing Control. Oh. We're gonna talk about a wonderful opening sequence and screen. The, the the graphics still are like look crazy for the cutscenes. Yeah, they still look good. The game yeah. came out in like 2016 or something, right? Yeah, 2017. I think so. Or was a it little later? bit later? Maybe 2018. Okay. I remember it coming still. out, and it was like at the end. The way I can like benchmark it in my head is that like you could play it on an original PlayStation, but it was not well playing. And if you had a PS4 Pro, it would be fine because that's mm-hmm. how I played it. Gotcha. Because I tried to play it on my old PC and yeah. it just didn't work. Exactly. It would just crash they're, they, every time. They're doing a lot with lighting in that game. Yeah. That, especially at the time, not many people were doing. Yeah. The more you go in, the more you'll see that too, obviously. And so the game takes place inside of a government building, which is the Federal Bureau of Control, mm-hmm. uh, which if anyone's familiar with like SCR, I think it's called. SCP. Uh, That kind of collective fiction SCP where there's, you know, government building with different vaults and each vault has a weird entity in it. Uh, It kind of exists in that sort of universe, it seems. Yeah, definitely takes a lot from that. And same with the Alan Wake. Yeah. So you are the new... Director. director of the Federal Bureau of Control. And you walk in the building and it's been kind of taken over by this thing called the Hiss. Um, and you're discovering that like there's no one around. Uh, eventually you fight these like guards that have been possessed by the Hiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find a potentially sentient gun at one point. It's like breathing. Um 
don't have to reload. You don't have to reload, which is nice. Yeah. You just wait. If you shoot all your ammo out, you have to wait a second and it slowly starts reloading. Refractory period. Yeah. Um, You can shoot uh, force energy out of your hand, yeah. which is cool. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of environmental storytelling. Eventually, you find other people in a safe safe room or whatever. Um, and but, it's cool. It's also, I don't know if they've talked about it yet, but there is a point where they're like, you cannot enter this building unless it like wants you to. Right. You have to be looking for it. The like space seems to be sentient. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, a lot of the documents you find are heavily redacted and it's cool. It uh, It has a lot of, I can see why people say it's a Connor game and why they want me to play it. Um, and I don't know if it's just me being uh, uh, re- like resisting uh, any attempt to put me in a box, but look, I when we say people, you mean me. And when I was the person who said you guys should really check out this guy Tim Rogers, I think you'll really like him. That's and everyone true. wrote me off. I would not be like you should play this game unless I was like, no, nah, this is it's cool. I almost. Yeah. So I almost wish that the the weirdness I wish it was a slower burn. Yeah. I'll say. I think the weird stuff starts happening it ramps up too quickly. Yeah. Like I liked when you walk in and there's no one in there and then you just see like the janitor. You see like a portrait of a janitor yeah. but the portrait he's facing away and that's creepy. That's cool. Yeah. And then you see him facing away and I'm like, "Ooh, this is cool." And then he just kind of talks to you and then you go inside. He like lets you inside. Um, and then things get weird a little too fast and you start fighting enemies like pretty quickly. I wish it was a slower burn. I wish it kind of. Yeah. I wish things were eerie longer <clears throat> and that the reveal took longer. Yeah. And that you were a little bit more like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, and then like, you find people who work there and you get some exposition pretty quickly. And I get that like it was a triple a popular game and they probably, you know, for, for the, for the purpose of appealing to a wider audience, they were like, all right, we need to like, this has to be a tutorial basically. Like we have to kind of give people information, some exposition early on, or they'll be like, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Right. Um, but it's cool. Yeah. I do like it. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested. I basically got through what you might call like the tutorial boss or whatever. Um, and I now have kind of a hub where I'm going on missions from throughout the building. Uh, I like that first time where the building changed. Yeah. And you like walked in a direction and then suddenly you were back at the beginning and I was yeah. like, wait. Um, it does a cool. lot of cool stuff where you're like, they tell you the building's like sentient and then you'll go to an area. I've talked, I talked about it forever ago. But like one of my favorite parts was just going to a new area and then like looking up, you know, like 100 feet above me and uh, seeing that uh, there was like office spaces like like 200 feet above me where like I couldn't reach. And I was like, what is going on with this place? It definitely feels like they did a lot of uh, not only stuff with the SCPs. But like liminal spaces and stuff yeah, like right, that, right? <laughs> Back rooms and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. It looked really fun. Like I really liked the uh, the aesthetic of it. Yeah, the aesthetic's very cool. I love any like 
I love the convergence of like weird, uh, unexplainable mysteries and kind of government conspiracy. Yeah. That Bureaucracy, is, brutalism. Yeah. Stuff. That is my shit through and through. I love X Files. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's why I like Delta Green so much because it's kind of like X Files meets Lovecraft horror. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be what a lot of this is. So if the gun is a living thing, are the bullets like it's teeth is it like spitting its teeth out that's x existence it's the cronenberg oh yeah for sure with a bone bone gun that shoots teeth disgusting Um, it's pretty gross it's a good it's a cool movie though it's -hmm. kind of crazy that uh that uh sega sponsored that movie i can see it yeah some weird freak stuff but yeah i'll probably keep playing it i'd like to i got I got a new a new viewer, somebody in chat, I think. Uh while we were streaming. I think they might have found the stream just through the control yeah. tag. That makes sense. Uh but they were in chat. They were chatting it up and then they followed the raid into Bob's chat and kept Yeah. Or into Bob's stream and kept hanging out. So the shout out to Mr. Meow, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> shout out. Uh shout out. So yeah, it's fun. I'm I'm glad I'm back to streaming. I missed streaming a lot. Uh, glad to have you back. It's 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 good stuff. Yeah, Siri was giving me um, notifications or like suggestions. Uh, like, do you want to watch Truly Chet's stream on Twitch yeah. right now? Like, I, I don't know if it does you guys that. get those. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I don't. Oh, oh no, I should just turn it off. It's, it's only when someone hasn't streamed in a while. Yeah, too. weird. You're like, oh God, no, I don't want to watch this. If if you like stream at a regular time uh-huh. pretty often, then I guess it uses that like metadata yeah. to just push a notification like around that time. So I, sometimes I'll just get like a random Twitch notification. It's like, hey, check out, you know, fucking Amaranth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, I haven't watched that in like at least a day. I hate that I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you were telling me the other day, he's like, oh, don't you want to uh, watch Tim Pool's podcast right now? Yeah. Hey, speaking of G4, they had a lot of shit with Jeff Keighley back then. He looks almost exactly the same as he did in 2005. He's a vampire. Yeah, it's all that um, it's all that s- tissue that he's eating. That's true. Hey, shout out to Jeff Keighley. He's just injecting so, stem all those, cells. Yeah, all those body stem cells. cells so yeah. Play control. It's it's cool. And I also like, I, rem- I was like trying to figure out what I was going to stream. I was debating a couple things. I thought about uh, play- starting a new save of Disco Elysium and streaming that, which I'll probably do at some point. No? Too much too much reading? Uh, I think Disco Elysium is a tough game to stream. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Do whatever you want. I mean, do, you do whatever you All want. All your dreams is what I'm going to say for the record. I... I just know how chat gets and I think it will be it will devolve into chat having a conversation mm-hmm. completely outside of whatever's about happening. About getting in the game. ice cream later. Yeah. Hey, we don't do that, man. I, I just I I think Disco Elysium is the type of game that I don't know if it translates to yeah, that's, having an audience watch. That's watching. fair. 
Yeah. I think the chat's usually completely plugged into whatever's happening in the game. Like, I, I, we never go off topic. <laughs> yeah. They were talking about anything else. There couldn't be anything else we're talking about. It's And it's also the kind of game where if you're not paying attention to it constantly, yeah, that's... you're going to get lost. True. And it just makes it like, it's just, it feels like a lost cause at that point. If like, oh, I missed 20 minutes ago. I don't know what we're talking about right now. Yeah. it's. I think it just might be a tough stream game. Control seemed okay, though. People seemed engaged. Control's like, what the heck's going on with this guy? And some guy just floating in the air. And as you enter the room, something enters his body and he immediately starts shooting you. The cool thing about... um, Because Alan Wake has very similar enemies, but the whole time they're just yelling stuff at you. But it's like, don't forget to have your vitamin C. They like say just like random things. (laughs) It's like very weird. Uh because it's like people being possessed, but they're also like farmers and stuff. Oh, but anyway, I was trying to decide what to play. And I was like, oh, I, I'll play Control. People have been telling me to play Control. And then I'll, I remembered that I had it somewhere. And I was like, uh, I think I had it on Game Pass. So I went to Game Pass and it wasn't available. And I was like, fuck. Oh, no. And, and so I just pulled up Epic and I just searched library. I just searched Control. And it was like, in your library. And I was like, cool, it was Hell free yeah. one day and I got it. Hell yeah. So I just downloaded it in, in the Epic store. Hey, yeah. use uh, use Connor's uh, Epic creator code, uh, <laughs> truly underscore Chet at checkout next time, and he'll get a... Uh, Is that a thing? 35 cents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you spend $100. Oh, sick. But yeah, other than that, uh, I went to ZineFest. It was weird. It's... You tell me weirdos are making <laughs> pictures full with, with <laughs> words that mean stuff and it's weird dewey's holding up the uh sneaky pete catalog yeah, make sure we get a picture of that for the instagram so people i mean can that understand is, that is cooler than 98 percent of what was being uh hawked at uh richmond's zine fest no offense no offense hey, if you but, uh, uh bob, bob you have my home address um uh two five street okay victoria british columbia do you want me to mute why six? Did you want me to mute that? Yeah, it'd be sick if you believed that. Uh, <laughs> if you, uh, I'd love to sneak a peek at Sneaky Pete. Oh if yeah, you well, yeah. I got, I got a bunch of them. I'll, I'll send you one. That's funny. Oh, that'd be sick. I'll, I'll send you something good in exchange. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a zine trade. Two five four. <laughs> Yo, someone clip that. <laughs> New alert. Anytime <laughs> anyone says Jeffy in chat. <laughs> Just, yeah, you have to you have to pay like it's like like a thousand bits yeah and then you get jeffy's address yeah that would actually be sick but i got this cool zine here uh about uh grocery store tabloids and uh conspiracy theories and it's cool there's a there's a there's a that's it's the thing about zine fest now and maybe my taste has changed but i remember when i was younger i would go to zine fest and be like there's so much cool shit here. And and now I go and I'm like, oh, this stuff sucks. Yeah, yeah. I miss it when there was just a guy, a weirdo who lived in a warehouse and he had a zine that was about uh, Romeo and Juliet or something. <laughs> I miss the fucking, the microcosm days where you show up and there's like zines on how to, how to make your own like DIY abortion pill and stuff yeah, like sh- that. There was one that I heard about that, uh, Someone, I think a person we know, kind of. I think it was. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, was there like a train hopper? 
And I don't know if he wrote it or he helped write it, but there was like a zine that was going around for a while. This was like 10 years ago that basically detailed like how to hop trains from the East coast to the West coast, like where you have to jump off, what you have to look out for where. And it's like, that shit is not on the internet. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like a book, a zine book that got made by these oogles and train hoppers. And it's like, here's how you hop trains from the East coast to California uh, without hopefully dying. And it's like, that's the only, like either knowing someone or like getting your hands on this is, or just doing it yourself and trial and error Yeah, uh, is like, I don't know. Shit like that is cool to me and it's becoming rarer and rarer and getting little glimpses of that is nice. That's the stuff that'll like outlive all the stuff on the internet as like internet archive continues to get sued and like potentially yeah. has to shut down one day. That's, Y2K that, bug zines are going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting in about 20 or 30 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. Um, Cause you can't regulate that shit. <laughs> um, but it's also the zine zine culture is getting, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to talk about it without sounding like a crotchety, uh, codger, old codger. And, um, uh, it's just like people charging $20 for their little like oh. point and shoot photo zine and shit like that. Like people trying to make their job selling zines. And it's like, I got this weird tabloid, uh, like bat, bo- you know, zine about how like bat boys is a distraction from the government actually doing bad shit to you, um, for $5 and it's on really nice paper. <laughs> well, I did a full color, zine in 2008 2009 paid so much money for it yep sold them for five dollars taking a three dollar loss on each one basically (laughs) yep and i was happy with taking a three dollar loss yeah i remember i had a zine that i made where uh and it's embarrassing but it was poetry (laughs) hey i did it too um but maybe should bleep together. That. Yeah, please, please do. Um, bleep it, and people would just assume it's like nudes or something. Yeah, yeah. full blown nudes. But I, I, and this is probably statute of limitations. A long time ago, I stole all of the cardstock. Like it was nice paper that I did it on. I stole all of it. I hand typed everything on a on a typewriter. Oh my Damn, god, that's a lot. yeah. And then I sewed them together. That rocks. To bind them. Yeah. And then I used like, like, uh, writer's ink to like I had like a little like moniker I did on the back of each one, and I did that for all of them. I made like fifty, I think, and I sold them for like three dollars each. So I spent no money on them because, but I spent hours. hours. And time is money. And potentially getting arrested because I was stealing supplies. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, the kids got a different, kids these days got a different idea about what zines are. Yeah. These TikTok zines. But there's some gems still sprinkled. Yeah. Sprinkled throughout. Um, Yeah. And and don't worry about sounding crotchety because sometimes the crotchety people are right. As as the older I get, the more I kind of realize that. Finally, some confirmation here. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not wrong. But yeah, going, uh, it kind of made me be like, I should make a zine again do something that is cooler than poetry <laughs> poetry's cool some of it was yours good i mean 
it was fine, I guess. If you read it right now, would you be embarrassed? If you I, read it out loud. So I actually, f- I was looking for a thumb drive to boot Windows on my on my new setup, and I found a thumb drive of uh, collections of material for a collaborative zine that you and myself and like one or two other people were gonna do like ten years ago. Really? Yeah. What was it? Bob's poetry. Uh, was my poetry in it? No, you had photos in it. Did I have good photos? There's some. It's on my laptop. It's, I can show it to you right now. I would like to see it at some point. Yeah. I'll show it to you as soon as we finish recording. But okay. I had some poems in there and I looked at them and I was like, these are fine. Okay. I mean, well, I, don't, I don't think they're embarrassing. That's good. Like, that's, uh, that's healthy. I've shown you some of the poetry when we were doing, uh, and you can bleep this out. Yeah. yeah I'll bleep it out. <laughs> Uh, when you were doing that musical project, yes. I showed you some of my poetry to be like, here's some lyric ideas. And I think you read them and you just said, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it just says kill, 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 no, kill, kill. Specifically, there was like, there was like a poem that I wrote from the perspective of someone who was, had like been murdered and the murderer was like digging a grave for them. And like the, the poem took place from the perspective of the the murdered person kind of like reflecting on like the environment like where they were being buried and like kind of reflecting on the fact that like they were soon going to like become part of this like surrounding yeah uh and i think the last line of like the poem is like i wonder if they'll ever find me and you were just like, are you all right? Dude? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she. I mean, I'm sure Edgar Allan Poe's friends were asking him the exact same question. So you're in good company. And guess what? He was not okay. And they were also like, yo, man, you want to come in here and vote a few times? And they're also like, yo, why are you marrying your 14-year-old cousin? Yeah. Also, he was he wrote the first like detective novel. So he kind of created the like copaganda uh genre. Oh shit. Oh damn. Now you hear that, Edgar Allan Poe? You're canceled. <laughs> um, we have an Edgar Allan Poe museum in Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Is that where he's from? No, it was like uh, his second home. He like he oh, hung out cool. here a lot. Hung out here a lot. Didn't he? Never lived in the house. He had no connection to the house that the museum is in. The house that the museum in is in is just one of the oldest still standing houses in Richmond that didn't burn down during the Civil War. I did go there on a field trip in high Whoa. school, and. The tour guides like to tell you ghost stories about the house, about how yeah. haunted it is. And in one of the in one of the bedrooms, there is a little green mat. No, there's a little piano in one of the bedrooms. Oh yeah. And while the while the uh, instructor, not the instructor, the tour guide was giving was telling us one of these ghost stories. A very a very much an indoor kid classmate uh, who was prone to having f- fainting spells. <laughs> <laughs> did faint and fell into the piano oh, and made a no. like <laughs> at a climactic point in this ghost story and I still think about that as one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life oh that's awesome I went on a first date there when I was like 17 that's such a that I that's so Connor shut up do you I, want to go to the the <laughs> I love you, God. And then we'll go to the graveyard after. No, it's not embarrassing. It's perfect. It's I'll read you my poetry after we go to the... <laughs> Come to the mausoleum with me. <laughs> okay. Should we get into news? 
Uh, I have to go to work soon, so I'm going to skip news this hey, week. Hell yeah. Okay. I, I, have, I have one really, really quick piece of news. Let's, really hear, it. Fast. Let's hear it. Epic Games sold Bandcamp. Yes. Oh. Actually, I forgot that. Yeah, this is something that I actually didn't put down. They bought it, did nothing with it, and then sold it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was just going to say, uh, go to Bandcamp United on Instagram and support their union. Send some letters. Get the company to recognize their union because they're trying to lay off uh, like 16% of their workforce. Ooh, yeah. Damn. Who bought it? Um, it's a, it's not like a data aggregation company, but it's like something like that. Um, it's yeah. What could possibly go wrong? It's, Epic bought it to um, do more things, probably with Fortnite, in terms of having like concerts in Fortnite and stuff like that. Yeah. And then now they're just tanking the like only bigger, like non-mainstream indie kind of way to get music. Yeah. So it really sucks. Especially with like the ability to put your music on there and then have those days that they do every month or so where all the money goes to the bands directly and stuff like that, the artists. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how if Bandcamp goes under, there's going to be like no way to distribute music other than apps. Especially independent music. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's becoming more accessible to put stuff on like for indie artists to put like smaller artists put yeah. things on spotify but still those royalties are absolute oh, garbage yeah. Yeah. and, and like and merch and stuff yeah. yeah yeah have it integrated it's like the it's crazy that no one has done another thing like band i mean there's been but, ones in the past yeah there, i mean there was like mp3.com was a very early one but yeah. then there was like last fm yeah. last fm yeah damn it's also a very cool it's also be no it's not really cool it would really suck because it is very cool to just be a freak and make project and then just put it on Bandcamp yeah, yeah. and not have to get a distro kids or whatever it is to like mm-hmm. make us account so you can put your music on Spotify I just want to get the freaks to record their music and immediately put it up so I can listen to it yeah but they were sold to a, a company called song trader um, and trader spelled T-R-A-D-R, so that should tell you a Good. lot. Uh, they're a, a music licensing company, yeah. so they just buy and sell. They just trade licenses to make money. Not not promising. So oh, yeah. that's the news. Sorry, I don't want to make you late for work. Our only news this week is incredibly depressing. <laughs> don't worry, there's a bunch of other stuff that I have about layoffs. Oh, uh, there's a new Garfield movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> We'll probably get to more news next week. Yeah. I'll, I'll save the stuff I have, but I do have some V-mails. Uh, if you'd like to call and leave a voicemail anytime there or night, you can at 804-286-0626, or as we like to say around here, 804 bum oh man If you leave a voicemail, it might sound something like this. My favorite YouTube channel is Wendigoon, W-E-N-D-I-G-O-O-N. Pretty basic, but he does a really good job of uh, what he does and the fact that he can talk for five hours about Blood Meridian and it remain interesting is awesome. Uh, so Wendigoon uh, explores a lot of like, if you, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, I feel like I feel like people know him though, uh, explores a lot of like cult, occult stuff, occult stuff, like strange media, um, Interesting, like kind of like uh, off the wall video games, movies, what what have you, um, and then like, like stuff like cryptids and things like that. Kind of a spooky guy. Um, 
even though his pres- his presentation is a, is a is like a little I don't know how to describe it. Like I don't want to say corny because that's like it's not that harsh. Um, he's like a little goofy though. But uh, yeah, Wendigoon, W E N D I G O O N. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like Wendigoon. I think uh, his channel is where I found out about the Flesh Pit National Park. Yeah. thing. I think he did a video on that. Uh, I I ha- I've seen his uh, Blood Meridian video pop up on my feed. I just haven't watched it because it's five hours. Yeah, but he's done a bunch of stuff on ARGs that I talked about. There's yeah. one where it's like the secret. It's like a fake world of like. There's one where people put out a bunch of videos on like how the the monuments are actually holding like beasts that <laughs> consume on flesh, and then also. There's a separate like upside down world to our world that's adjacent. And then also like backroom stuff that yeah. is also ARG. I think he got really big from doing uh, the different iceberg videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a bunch of like horror movie stuff. Uh, it's a good suggestion though, Ace. Yes. I go, I'm going to go home and watch Thank one you. of his videos. Oh, okay. I'll see. You. I watched an iceberg video. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty sad actually. It was about like, this boat that was crossing the Atlantic like a hundred oh, years ago. <laughs> oh, yes. Fuck. Yes. Damn. What well, was it? The first layer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't spoil it. It's called <laughs> Titanic by James Cameron. This is a sick flute in it. We got one more. Pop it off for y'all. Hey, it's Tyler responding to Connor's call for action. Um, you're not gonna like what I have to say, but because I don't think anybody still likes RuneScape. But uh, basically the only thing I watch on YouTube uh, consistently is when I'm going to fall asleep, there are different RuneScape challenge like videos. Uh, One of my favorites is by a guy named Settled. Uh, Also a guy named Murph, B-E-R-F. Another guy named Limpwort. And they do like different... uh, different kind of like weird challenges with RuneScape. Uh, the map is set up into different like grids, like different chunks of the map. And they make themselves, or several of them are making themselves play the game like to completion in those chunks. So like if they started in like, uh, like the starting area of the game, then they would make themselves like achieve every possible like loot drop in that area, kill every single enemy, um, if there's like a, uh, range there and there's like certain food spawns that are there, they make themselves cook all the food. So like every single ore that's possible will be mined there, uh, wood to be chopped. So literally every single skill. Um, and then when they go to the, the next chunk or whatever, uh, that is essentially like rolled so like if uh, you're standing somewhere you can go like north east south west and then they press like a randomizer and then they, they get told which chunk they go to next and then they do the same thing there and uh, someone else did that for the more extreme version with like a tile like a single tile in the video game so they had to get enough xp to leave the tile and then continue to to progress like that and that's basically what i've been watching for several years now okay bye I do love a challenge run. Bob, what was so funny about that? Nothing. That didn't sound riveting to you? That didn't uh, sound exciting? I do like that Tyler did start off by saying, this is what I 
watch to fall asleep and then proceed <laughs> to tell the most convoluted gameplay thing I've ever heard in my life. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Those videos seem... I don't understand how you stand in one spot and get XP from, you know, just playing a game like that, but um, I don't think I'm going to figure out how. Yeah. I've got a lot of other don't YouTube. Need to. i got a lot of YouTube I'm catching up on. But there's so many meals in the day that I eat, so I I gotta you know eventually I'll run into it. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, the animated spellbook. If you're a D and D head, they're like usually very short videos, like two to three minutes. Okay, little chunks. And this guy's an animator, uh, Z Z Brashaw, I think is his name. Uh, but he'll just do a video where he makes a little animation and he talks about like one specific spell from D and D and it's like practical applications and like creative ways you can use it. Uh, and he's like a, he's a DM. So he's like been doing it a long time. Uh, and his videos are, are nice. I like them. Cool. The animated spell book. I've been getting a bunch of suggested videos cause I watched one blink One Eight Two music video. <laughs> someone sent it to me. And so now it's just like, do you want to watch blink One Eight Two live? Do you want to watch their new video? Do you want to watch this short of Mark Hopkins being like, uh, and I'm just like, Oh do my you watch God. This two hour interview with Travis Barker. Yeah. I'm sure he's got so many good things to say that are worth my time. <sighs> I'm just watching Tim Rogers videos again. I'm on a rewatch of, uh, I've been off of the, 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 the Tim, Tim train for a little bit. I got to jump back in. It's good. It's comforting. Yeah. yeah. I was I, th- I was I was deathly afraid you're going to say just done with him. Oh no. I just I think I overdid it for a while cuz I yeah. watched all of Action Button. I rewatched a couple of the videos and then I s- started watching the vods of his streams yeah. like every day. Yeah. Uh and listening to insert credit and yeah. I think it was just a little Tim overload and I needed to step back for a bit. I wish I could get more Tim. I've rewatched the Token Mechie Memorial one recently, yeah. and that's it's good. Ruining, it's just good. It's ruining it's my good stuff. Oh, because Kelsey doesn't like Kelsey's it. convinced that I'm replacing them with Tim Rogers. I've been uh, there's this YouTube video that I ac- or YouTube channel I accidentally stumbled on called Ask About Celebs, Ooh. and it is, you know, when you like type a question into Google, and then it's like the question kind of like the, an answer comes up, but it's like usually a really bad answer. Mm-hmm. Like yes. if you're like, how long do you t- cook a turkey? And then it's like, yeah, it just picks some random website. It's kind of like the whole channel is videos that are answers to very specific questions and they're all AI generated. Love uh, there's like 27,000 videos. Yes. And just they, content form. Yeah. But there's like actually like a person introduces there's like a little clip of a person talking at the beginning and the end of each video and what they're like saying and how they're like saying it is so strange that it honestly feels like everything was AI generated. Like an AI created this (laughs) channel called like a talent agency booked the person in. There was like maybe a robot somehow set up a camera and like gave them the script. It's like, it's thoroughly like bizarre. And the, the questions that they're answering are like, just hilarious some of the like specific like when should i take krill oil is subliminal yeah. a bad thing how long does 925 sterling silver last <laughs> a lot of that good. stuff if it's not ai generated or or an ai voice it will be uh someone in another country who doesn't speak english 
paying someone on Fiverr who does speak English to read mm-hmm. their like Google in- ESL script. Google translated script that they wrote. And since they right. can't deviate from the script, they have all of the like they have an, a, a, a you know a, an American accent inflection on everything, but they are reading something that is extremely broken English and it sounds <laughs> like an AI. Yeah. Okay. So the so the videos are interview you said interviews with shoes? You said it's called Ask a Boot Celebs. <laughs> nice. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's go. That's right. pretty good. All right. Hey, Jeffy, yeah. do you wanna you wanna give your plugs here now that we're at the bottom? Yeah, totally. Um uh go to twitch.tv slash bug viewer. If you want to see some uh, unicellular algae and some worms and some other uh, bacteria and stuff under my microscope. Pond scum. Um, yeah, pond scum. All the good stuff. Uh, check out the Flocks Discord channel. Holy um, call 1-800-BUMMERMAN if you want to leave <laughs> a voicemail about anything that you did. Uh, follow truly underscore chat on twitch follow x metal slime x on twitch follow respectable street on twitch there we go and uh like and subscribe tell someone about the podcast word of mouth really helps it's how we get the word out about this podcast and if you'd like to leave us a review on spotify that really helps as well we will read it on air um jeffy uh, hey, this is Bob, <laughs> Connor, and I'm Dewey. And uh, and well, hey, they don't have Venmo in uh, in Canada, but we'll find some way to pay you for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, just send me the sneaky Pete. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Catalog, yeah, and we'll get to it. Could you? Uh, wh- where are we sending it again? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for flying with us. Thanks for flying. <laughs>